coming from uh, times that we were broke, constant wait and worry, you know, is, is a draining process to become further comfortable in, in your uh, financial situation, not only eases that burden, but your ability to help others in need. Uh, you know, that's also uh, a big thing for us as well. It's, it's tough to go out and help other people and fix situations when you're broke. You're listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast, where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their current portfolio allocation. Now to your hosts, Clark Sheffield and Jace Mattinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Millionaires Unveiled podcast. This is episode number 175. Clark, what's going on? How you doing? Dude, I'm doing good. I am just looking here. I, I saw that Dave Ramsey is selling his house for a cool $15.5 million. Did you see this? No, man, that's nuts. 15.5, wow. $15.5 million. Uh, it's on 14.3 acres. Let's see, 14 So a million dollar an acre, huh? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Million dollars an acre, six beds, nine baths, and this article says he plans to build on land he owns a little bit farther south. So pool. I wonder if he's gonna downsize. (laughs) Say it again. I said I wonder if he's gonna downsize. You know, all the kids are out. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, six beds, nine baths, fourteen thousand square feet, fifteen mil. Jeez. There you go. You wanna live in Franklin, Tennessee. The address is five thirteen King Richards Court. Interesting, huh? Well, he's got how many kids? I think he's got three. Yeah, we've got a show. We're, we'll uh, in the next few weeks here. We'll release an episode with Rachel Cruz, his daughter. She came on, and and we have that coming up in the next couple of weeks here. So, so that was a fun interview with her. Yeah, that's pretty wild, man. Crazy news, I guess. Uh, fifteen point five million. Be interesting to see who buys that, right? Yeah, yeah. So the IRS extended your tax deadline because of the bad weather, huh? <laughs> oh man, what a joke, right? I mean, I, we lived through it. We basically, you know, I guess most people had four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days at the worst, I guess, without you know power, water, whatever. And I guess whoever did the lobbying on that, we got an extra two months to file. It was, it was ten days for some people. Yeah, I talked to my tax attorney today, actually, and he said that somebody in his office just got their water turned back on today, and it had been out since the previous Friday, so that'd be about nine, ten days. Wow. Uh, but so that's you, an anomaly, yeah, I think. For ten days, you get an extra two months to file your tax return. How about that? Yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> and pay. And pay. Not just file, it's also pay. So, uh, you know, maybe if you can hit a GameStop with that tax money that you owe, if you owe any, you know, hit a GameStop oh, in the two I'm months and c- cover the bill for 2020. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting stuff, man. Well, today's show, we've got David. He's mainly invests in self-storage facilities. Net worth is right out a million dollars. He's got a background in civil engineering and uses that as they develop some of their own storage properties. And he's just getting started in his investment journey in the self-storage space, but has been in real estate and, and around real estate for, for quite some time now. Last week, we had Travis. He was in the telecom industry for 20 years. About 40 years old. He has 20, 20 units in his real estate business. His net worth is 2.7 million. Mainly focuses more on, on income than his net worth. And about 1.6 of that was in, in real estate. So if you're interested in that, go check that out. That's episode 174. 
Appreciate all you tuning in week after week. Obviously, this show would not happen without you listeners and without our guests. So I just want to give a shout out to them. Super appreciative to all those who, who volunteer to, to come on and, and those that, that continue to listen to the show week after week. We're always looking for you know new investors as well. If you're interested, send us an email. And if you've got an off-market deal, uh, we'll definitely pay pay a, a you know a, a finder's fee on that. If you're uh, you know if got something that you'd like to bring to us, you know in the multifamily or, or commercial space. Also, if you'd like to be on the show, send us an email millionairesunveiled at gmail We'll get on a call uh, with you, send you our form, and and get that scheduled. Uh, we've got so many great interviews coming in the pipeline. Uh, all sorts of different professional backgrounds. Super excited for, for a lot of them. Uh, I, you know, they, I say this week after week, but I think our guest, guest list just keeps getting better and better and better. And the stories are always unique and amazing. Uh, we definitely appreciate all those tuning into the show. And without further ado, ado, let's get into the episode today with David. David, do you want to just give us a little about your background and what you're up to now? Yeah, so we uh, we own uh, self storage facilities in the Midwest uh, and sell residential and commercial real estate, but primarily uh, invest in self storage facilities. That's awesome, and I want to get into a little bit of your story and how you arrived there. Uh, and we were talking a little bit before you sh- the show about how you've gone to where you are now. But what's your net worth today? Uh, right around a million dollars. And is that all real estate? Yes, it is. Awesome. And what's the breakup of of the real estate? Yeah, so we have uh, approximately 300 renters over three self-storage facility locations uh, here uh, in the city that we live in. Awesome. And then primary residence, rent, own? Own. Own? Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sure you have equity there too. And do you have cash on the sidelines as well waiting for deals or is everything deployed right now? No, we're we're ready to go. Uh, we do uh, mostly value add processes when we acquire real estate. Most of the time, you know, for, for folks like me who are uh, you know, just getting started in investing that uh, 20% down on uh, commercial properties is relatively tough to keep coming up with with a new down payment, uh, you know, when they can range from 80000 to $200,000 down. So we make sure that when we get in a property, uh, we can gain enough value uh, in a short amount of time such that we uh, have enough money to then leverage again on the next deal. Gotcha. So do you refinance out, I'm guessing, the equity that, that you've built in there? We do. Um, you can certainly either do that or uh, cross collateral. I prefer to uh, refi out and that doesn't tie one property to the next to the next such that, you know, if you potentially get into a bind, you don't uh, domino affect your uh, entire holding. So let's back up here. Going back, you kind of shared some details with us before the show, but give us a little bit of history of who Dave is and where Dave comes from. Yeah, so I started off, I went to school for mechanical and aerospace engineering, uh, but did uh, a considerable amount of civil engineering work uh, after I graduated. Uh, I tend to like that kind of work uh, better, and uh, it's really uh, been a help when it comes to uh, doing our own site development, uh, when it comes to either uh, roadway access, uh, site grading, or, or really any, any aspect of the construction side when it comes to storage uh, facilities. Awesome. And then was your allocation always this way in real estate or when did that happen? You know, I, I'd always had an interest since I was young. Uh, I, I had uh, parents and grandparents in the uh, single family type real estate market. Uh, one thing that I heard a lot from them was they didn't like the uh, the toilets, the uh, tenants, uh, you know, things like that. <laughs> things that, that could be damaged or the, the constant 
uh, maintenance issues. And so, you know, source facilities seem like uh, an option to uh, get into the rental space without having uh, HVAC, plumbing, uh, things like that. So have you ever been invested in the market? Um, in, in the... Uh, in the stock market? Uh, just just very slightly. Uh, we do have some uh, stock holdings, um, but I wouldn't consider them to be uh, anything of any substance. So when did you change? I know you, we, we talked earlier as well, and you, you just mentioned your background a little bit. When did you start working in real estate and why did you make the change? Sure. So we, uh, we, we had an interest in real estate. We, we understood the concept of passive income to the extent that, you know, uh, one day that they would pay off, uh, there would be a little bit of backside cash flow, but, uh, certainly it would be, uh, a passive income stream. But after we got our first facility, we really started to understand the power of leveraging with other people's money being the bank, uh, and, and what that means, uh, as far as, owning uh, real estate four times, five times larger than uh, the cash that you have in hand. Now, you keep saying we. Who, who's we? You have a partner? Or yeah, myself and my wife. Okay. And does she work full-time as well? She or? does. Uh, the real estate group is uh, her company. I uh, I work for her at this real estate uh, group. It's under the Keller Williams brokerage, but uh, Amy Hunt Realty is uh, her company, and, and I work uh, in her group. Okay, neat. So let's talk about your your first deal. Um, was it a it was a self storage property? It was. It was an extremely small property. Um, it was one building, uh, very mismanaged. Uh, Twenty four doors, but it did come with land. And I think there were only four or five renters in that building. Uh, that particular property, we used all the money we had saved for the down payment, which was twenty thousand dollars. An important thing to note is we have never used any other of our own personal funds to continue the storage build out and adventure other than the equity that we've built internally. So that's the only money of ours that we have ever put into this entire project. Okay. So you, you find this 26 door, right? Self-storage. How did uh-huh. you find it? Craigslist actually. Oh, wow. Yep. Just searching uh-huh. one day or? Yeah, my wife was going through. We always kind of kept our eye uh, out for things. We uh, uh, used to flip quite a few uh, uh, historic cars, things like that. And uh, my wife found it. We were always, you know, having an eye out looking for a storage facility. And, and that one was within striking distance of the cash that we had. Uh, so we went and took a look at it. We, we felt like it was a management issue, not a facility problem. And we decided to take a bet on it. Wow. And so how much how much did it cost and how much money had you saved up to that point? Yeah, that one we purchased for 75000 and uh, we put $20,000 down on it. Okay, so that was the first one. Uh-huh. And, and did you have a lot of cash at that point or, or no, not that was so it. much? Okay. <laughs> that was it. No, I'm just trying to think, you know, did you was the strategy to say, hey, let's save up money and then let's pool it into real estate once we decided real estate was going to be our thing? Or was it, hey, we know real estate's going to be our thing. Yeah, we might not have much money right now, but as we keep getting money and, and these properties become successful, we'll just keep buying more. Right. So we, we always knew that, you know, we wanted to be in real estate. When we bought this one, we were we, we didn't understand, like I say, the leverage component. So our business strategy wasn't uh, what it is today. Uh, it, it really wouldn't have multiplied it all the way we wanted to do it. We wanted to buy that one, pay it off, put another building up pay that one off. But we realized pretty quick that building end to end, uh, you don't live long enough to accumulate a large holding. 
Yeah. So, so then what happened? You buy this first property. Were you working full time at the other job at this point? I was. Yeah. So we, we bought it uh, about two months, two and a half months. Uh, we got it full and then, you know, we started turning down 20 people a month. We looked at the option of going, uh, to the bank, uh, borrowing more money to add more buildings. An interesting finding when we were there, uh, is how these facilities are appraised. And that's based on income generated, not construction costs. And so, uh, realized real quick when we were looking at construction numbers for every dollar we spent, it would value twice that on appraisal. So, uh, we took out another $120,000, uh, for, uh, new buildings. And then that immediately added, uh, 250,000 in value. Wow. Uh, so that's, that was really the, uh, I guess the big aha moment, uh, on that component. Yeah, no, I want to I want to come back to it, but real quick, just for our listeners, well, and for myself, how did you decide this is what you wanted to do? How, how did you decide it was real estate that you wanted to go? Just, I, I suppose, um, the fact that it uh, continually appreciates over time, the fact that it's passive, and, and I felt, uh, though I didn't know at the time, I felt like the ROI would be much higher than what I understood or knew in the stock market, and and I guess the other component is. I knew versus the stock market for me, if my business wasn't doing well, that there was something I could go do tomorrow to change that. Uh, in the stock market, you just cross your fingers and hope, I guess, if things aren't doing well. Right. Cause you can't control it personally as much, right? Sure. So you have this 26 storage unit. How many were leased out? I don't know what you call it, leased out or occupied or full, whatever, when you bought the property. Any? Yeah, there were just four or five. It wasn't enough to make the payment. And how come the others weren't? Was it just they were in bad situation and couldn't be rented out or the owner wasn't trying to? Or Yeah, the, the owner did not have a good advertising platform at all, uh, didn't advertise at all. So it uh, was not on a high traffic roadway, uh, couldn't be found on the Internet, anything like that. So people just didn't know about it. And how long did the prior owner have it? I believe three or four years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then you fix it up. You How'd you do advertising? What'd you do for that? You know, at that time, uh, the phone book was still pretty strong. Uh, so we, uh, hammered some big listings in the phone book. Uh, we handed out cards everywhere we went and just continual push. But the big, the big role was the, uh, probably the phone book advertisement that came out gotcha. at that time. So then you filled the 26 units or all, all those that were remaining right up to the 26. You borrowed Correct. this hundred thousand because you kept getting more inquiries for more, more spaces, which you didn't have, right? Sure. You borrowed the hundred thousand and how many spaces did you add? Let's see, about 40, I think we added that that round. Wow, so that's great. You tripled it in size. Yep. And and how quickly did the 40 run? You know, we, we actually hit at a time that uh, two of our competitors built uh, as well. Uh, they did add-ons at about exactly the same time. So it took about a year and a half to get that completely filled back up. Gotcha. So when it was 26 units or 26 spaces, what was the mortgage, what do you call it, a mortgage payment, right, or, or payment on it? And how much did all those units rent for? Well, I can't, just rough numbers. I, I feel like, I think it was yeah, around yeah, yeah. $700 a month to, to keep it uh, up with all the overhead. And it was about $500 a month is what it was actually bringing in. Okay. So you had to come up with 200 bucks. Right. Initially. That was after you filled the 26 units? No, no. Oh, uh, after four. Yeah, after after we filled it, uh, actually it was doing well enough that uh, the entire new addition, uh, I didn't have to rent any of those to uh, make the payment the first 26 paid for them. Oh, wow. Wow. And then you guys were able to take home all that income. What did you rent a space out for? 
10 by 10s were 40 a month, uh, 10 by 50, 15s are 50 a month. And then, uh, 10 by 20s are, uh, 65. It, uh, it's a little bit lower, uh, here in the Midwest than it is in a lot of er- other areas. Uh, but, uh, cost of builds actually, uh, extremely low as well. Yeah. So just doing the math here, if it's an average of what was it, the average 45 bucks a month or something times 26 units. So you're bringing in about $1,200 maybe ish. Yeah. Roughly. At least on the 26 and then more on the 40. How much did borrowing the 100,000, how much did that increase your payment? <laughs> I'd, I'd have to look as been a minute since we've done that one. <laughs> when was this? How many years ago was this first deal? Uh, we bought the first one in 2013 and then, uh, I guess 2014 or 2015, we did the addition. Nice. And do you still own that property? I do. Wow. Good for you. And, and is it still levered up or paid off? No, it's, it's leveraged. We, uh, we pulled equity out of that to to go to the next one, then go to the next one. It's currently at seventy eight units, I believe, total. And then oh, wow. there's a handful of uh, Class A RV storage uh, units out of that one as well. Wow, that's amazing! So bought it with twenty six, now up to over seventy. That's incredible. What what is it cash flow now? I think forty one, forty two hundred a month. Okay, wow, good for you. So it's about fifty thousand right away. Yep, just off that property. So uh, this when when did you make the shift? That this is what you wanted to do full time. Were you still working your other job when you were doing this first property? I was, yes. After after we did the build, after I started to understand the math and understand that if we continued at this rate, that it would be something much quicker than later, uh, was really the kind of the tipping point where I realized that you know maybe I didn't want to work for somebody else forever. Yeah. I mean, that's the hard thing, right, David, is, is, I mean, everybody wants to quit, but you're like, well, when do I do it? Right. 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 And, and and can I keep doing this on the side to build up some cash or build up some savings so that I can maybe invest in more real estate quickly, right? And build it up even more quicker to have kind of that extra piece of income. Sure. And that, that's kind of the million dollar question I think everybody has is, is, you know, when do you, when do you commit full to it? And that's, that's probably the hardest question there is to answer, I, I think, because, you know, everybody's got a, a certain level of comfort and a uh, certain level of risk that they're willing to take. And that's not the same for anybody at all. Sure. Yeah, agreed. So how, how did you decide it for you? Was it was it just, hey, I, I can see that this can be good and I want to go all at it? You know, it, it was a combination of that and uh, just general uh, burnout with the, the job that I had. Uh, so right. I got, I got right. a kind of push from both directions. Okay. And so then how long, I mean, I guess you built this out. How many separate times did you add units? It went from 26 to over 70. You added 40 the first time you said, right? Or Yeah, know, basically. So yeah, basically, two build outs maybe? Yeah, three build outs is what three. we ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how how soon after? Yeah, so we, we did, uh, you know, to get to the original 24, it was actually one large space that was open. Uh, we divided up as soon as we bought it. Uh, and then we did one in 2015 and then we did one in 2019. So we added units in 13, 15 and 19. So for someone that isn't familiar with the self storage and, and for myself too, how do people pay you? Do you have somebody on site right now? You know, I, I don't feel like we've, we've made it there yet, <laughs> so to say, but I'm still doing the, uh, property management myself. Uh, we're getting close to that tipping point where we're going to probably bring someone else in, but, uh, I'd say 40% pay by credit card that auto runs every month and then probably 20% call and pay uh, with a credit card. And then uh, there's a good chunk of them that still actually mail a check. That's kind of the three ways that people pay. Gotcha. And do you have any other income from the property? Do you rent 
trucks or boxes or any anything like that or just no story? not not really i mean we we sell locks you know but that's really just more of a consumer comfort sort of a, a Convenience. deal yeah yeah yep. nice good for you guys so how soon after that first property did you buy the second let's see i believe we bought the next one in 2017 it was one that really wasn't on our radar uh, when we saw it come up. It wasn't one that I was super excited about, but there was uh, value add available in it. So we just, uh, myself and my wife, we talked about it real quick, uh, liked the amount of value add there was to have. It was well managed, but the rates were too low. Uh, so it was, it was an extremely easy value add from that perspective. So we went ahead and purchased that one. That was, uh, that one had a lot of big lockers in it, but it was another uh, 48 doors, I believe. Wow. And that was bought with the money from the first property. Right. We leveraged from the first property to buy that one. Okay. And and how much does that cash flow now? I think it's around 2700 a month wow. is what it grosses. So so all in, what? Do you, how much passive income do you guys have now? I, I think between all three facilities, they gross in the neighborhood of 160000 a year. Wow. You could be done, man. Well, I still owe the bank some money and, and really <laughs> I... <laughs> I uh, I enjoy it too much. I think uh, I'm 38. I think if you're going to quit working at 38, you could probably burn up a lot of cash having fun doing this and that. So yeah. it's probably going to take a little bit more than that to <laughs> suffice. Yeah. How did you find the other two properties? You mentioned you found the first one via Craigslist. How about the others? One of my renters at the first location was renting at a uh, second location. He told me about that one. So we contacted the gentleman directly that had it, said, yes, he's willing to sell it. We uh, made a deal, purchased that one. The third one, we heard about it as soon as it came for sale. Uh, we had another location that we were working on purchasing. I couldn't do both of them. Uh, so I held off on the third location for three months, but I told everybody I knew, hey, this is a great location. Uh, you guys should buy it. Nobody bought it. Uh, my first deal fell through. So immediately we jumped over and bought the, the third location. Wow. So where do you go from here, David? Is there a certain amount of units you want to own? Do you want to get into multifamily, get into a different type of real estate, or, or mostly just self-storage? We'll continue hard in the self-storage business. Uh, we'd like to have $30 million in holdings, uh, 10,000 doors total. We're also looking at uh, getting into vacation rentals, you know, beach houses in uh, the Destin, Florida area, uh, regionally uh, around some lakes, looking to purchase some houses and condos. You know, those won't probably cash flow near as well as the storage, but it's something that my wife has a, a passion in. And so we'll probably uh, pursue that as well. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. And, and why Florida down there? You guys have a connection down there? Or? You know, we, we go to Florida a lot. Really like uh, hanging out on the beach. Uh, yeah. It's a good uh, chance to get away and really do nothing, uh, but just uh, hang out on the beach. So yeah, I figure if we go there a lot, we might as well own something there. So how long is your, your, your wife going to continue to work or does that bring in benefits to be able to find some real estate through her platform or do you ever buy anything that she lists or comes in contact with? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She she has a tremendous amount of connections, uh, things that come through our office. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't see us hanging it up anytime soon. I think we're going to stay after it to hit the uh, number of stores doors we'd like to have. It's going to take a considerable push. So we'll we'll definitely be doing this a while. Dave, you got to admit, it's pretty phenomenal that you've been able to build this in such a short amount of time. As you, as you look forward, putting that 10,000 door goal out there, what, what do you think it'll take and how long do you think it'll take to accomplish that going forward? Uh, roughly uh, nine to 10 years at three purchases a year. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to take a monumental effort without a doubt. Uh, we'll need to stay on our toes, make sure we're, we're capturing deals that are out there and uh, continuing to value add to make sure we, we have those uh, down payments. Uh, it, it certainly, uh, without a doubt, I believe is is aggressive, but we don't really have uh, any grandeur of uh, showing up in second place. Yeah, totally. Do you wish you would have started this earlier? Absolutely. When when would have been the ideal time for you to maybe start this? You said you mentioned you were 38 now. How long ago? Uh, I wish I was thinking about this whenever I was 16, quite honestly. Interesting. So taking that thought, what advice would you give to somebody who is maybe, I don't know about 16, I don't know if we have that many 16-year-old listeners, but maybe somebody in their early 20s thinking about this path? Yeah, I've got a guy that's working for me right now. He's 19 and he is absolutely outstanding. He's he's uh, he's read a tremendous amount of books. He's he's light years ahead of me and I'm envious. But uh, yeah, any anything that you can uh, read and digest on uh, real estate, uh, the tax advantage uh, of real estate, the value add process of real estate, the tax advantage is tremendous. The, the property appreciates over time, but the tax code lets you depreciate uh, over an extended amount of time, which is uh, an unbelievable savings. Uh, the ability to value out a property, whether that's physical improvements, management, or rate increase, uh, is a multiplier uh, that's second to none, in my opinion. As an example, uh, across 300 doors, uh, if a person is to raise the rent $7 at a, at a cap rate of 8%, uh, you're gaining over $300,000 in value with one single rent increase letter. So that leverage ability and ability to create wealth is is unparalleled, uh, something that I wish I had known at that age. Yeah, totally. It's pretty phenomenal what you can do with real estate or, or business just in general uh, as it relates to, to leveraging you know, capital and, and increasing value. So Dave, is there a book that was pretty monumental in, in your journey getting to where you are? I would say podcast. Uh, I listened to uh, a lot of uh, Grant Cardone, particularly ones where uh, they work problems on the board, purchase deals on the board and show the math in real time. A lot of that I didn't completely understand. And it, it's something that I, I, you know, watched seven, eight, nine, ten times till I really understood it. But I, I found his content to be tremendously useful. Nice. So just going back to your, I want to jump back to the self-storage a little bit. I think we're hearing about it more and more in the real estate world, right? Have you noticed heavier competition in the properties that you're looking at or, or not so much? Not not a whole lot uh, here. Uh, the area that I'm in in the Midwest is a little bit slower moving. Uh, I do see a lot more articles written about it uh, in uh, larger cities. I see a lot of bigger companies uh, maneuvering into the self-storage space in larger cities. So Without a doubt, it, it's definitely uh, getting a lot more attention. Yeah. How long does the average renter stay? I don't know uh, exactly. I, I, we have typically about a 30% turnover per year, uh, but we have uh, some tenants that have been in our facilities 10 plus years. So it's kind of, uh, I, don't, I don't have a hard number for you, but- uh, No, no, I was just curious. Because I know some people, when yeah, once they put their stuff into storage, right, unless it's just a temporary move or something- most of the time, I feel like it, when it goes in, it doesn't really come back out. There's there's certainly a correlation between a larger storage space and the time it stays. Uh, I think uh, to a certain point, uh, the uh, amount of volume of, of product that's stored gets to be an overwhelming 
uh, amount of content to where, you know, it definitely pushes off a uh, potential move out. So you're saying the bigger the space, the more people are storing, the less likely they are to move it all out. That's correct. Wow. So why self-storage? Why not multifamily or some other piece of real <clears throat> estate, some other aspect of real estate? Yeah, I, I think certainly we will get into multifamily as well. Uh, I That's as much anything. It's just to kind of not have all our eggs in one basket uh, to kind of spread our uh, risk am, uh, among uh, multiple sectors. But for us initially, uh, point of entry was right. The uh, amount of damage a tenant can do or potential mechanical failures is minimized. So for us, uh, it was a low entry point and uh, a controlled environment to invest our money. Right, right. How are they priced? You said based off income. Is it just like traditional real estate where it's income and then based off a cap rate? Yes. Okay. And and you said you self-manage them right now. Is it important to live by the property and self-manage or do you feel comfortable that you could manage something that was a, a couple states over? Yeah, I, I think uh, there's definitely a, a breakover uh, when it comes to number of units. Uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, anything in my opinion, uh, and I'm just some guy out of the middle of Missouri doing this, but, you know, <laughs> 200 doors probably uh, is is a minimum for us uh, to be a remotely located facility uh, that would be able to kind of uh, bring in enough cash flow to handle the management aspect and still uh, do okay. So saying if it was like your first property where you had 26 doors, it might not be worth it to buy it out of state. Correct. Gotcha. Oh, going back to your, your initial story, did you have debt? Did you have student loans? Did you guys have car debt or... Or not at all? You know, we, we had some debt. We had uh, a house loan and uh, probably some car payments at that time. Uh, we had uh, paid off our student debt and uh, we're pretty good shape on that front. So we'd, uh, with the idea of raising capital to start something like this, uh, we were used to living poor going to college and we had just kind of kept up with that trend, uh, staying uh, really, really low on the debt side and uh, maximizing income as much as we could to get started. Yeah, yeah, good for you. So as you've been on this journey, David, to and you've reached you became a millionaire, are there a couple things that you could point to and, and say, hey, that's that's why I was successful? Was it finding these good opportunities? Was it willing to go all in on them? Was it working hard? Anything that, you know, were there a couple things that you could point to? Yeah, I mean, we we certainly uh, I th- I think uh doing your homework and and taking action, you know, sitting on the sidelines uh doesn't do it. Uh, hard work alone doesn't do it. Uh, you know, it has to be in the right direction, but yeah, I I think, you know, just, just putting it into action, even if, even if it's not the right action, uh, at least get out there, get your feet wet, learn from your mistakes and, and, and get there. Yeah. And I know you're at least a little bit of a goal setter, right? Cause when we asked what you want to do, you, you told us and and how you'd get there as, as goal setting bit played a big piece in your role here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we, uh, we uh, go as far as, you know, dream boards, uh, things like that. Some people find it corny. That's just kind of what we do to, you know, uh, keep focused every day on what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so just going into some rapid fire questions here. What's been the most expensive car you've ever purchased? <laughs> I bought a uh, diesel truck that was $65,000, uh, but it was only for the utility purposes of it, really. <laughs> okay. Most expensive uh, shoes? Um, $120. Okay. What items or experiences are worth spending more money on to you and what's not worth the money? Uh, until you really arrive, uh, if it's, if it's, uh, not in the asset column, then, uh, I try to avoid it like the plague. (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, predicted retirement age or net worth of retirement. I know we talked about passive income, but any net worth goal or age you want to retire? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> I, I will. I, I feel like uh, by mid forties, I'd really like to scale back uh, the amount of hours I put in. Net worth at that time, I'm not sure, but without a doubt, I don't think that I could take a step back unless I was cash flowing free and clear at least twenty thousand a month. So about two forty a year. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw I, I saw something today, a comment on Twitter, and it said. No, when I was in my 20s, I was impressed by somebody who made $100,000. When I was in my 30s, I was impressed by somebody who had a net worth of a million dollars. And now in my 40s, I'm impressed by people that have like six figures in passive income annually. Right. And the point was, look, you know, I used to think it was a big salary. Then I used to think it was a high net worth. And now I realize it's all about passive income and, and having time and flexibility. So I thought, I thought that was kind of interesting. And certainly I feel like, you know, at least at the million dollar mark, I'm, I'm working as hard as I ever have. There's there's not been a point where I feel like I've, I've broken over and now there's there's time to relax. It's uh, mortgages due every month. Uh, the You know, the system that we've built uh, requires full time attention. Um, so there really isn't a uh, relief. I, I hope nobody's uh, <laughs> striving towards the million <laughs> and hoping they're going to kick their feet up and say, hey, yeah. we're coasting. Because it doesn't feel that way from this perspective. I'm certainly not complaining. I don't want it to come across as that. But um, it's certainly uh, right, right. It's still uh, a regular, full-time, hard-working effort. At, yeah. Uh, How many hours a week do you work? 70-plus. <sighs> wow. So you're, what is that, 9 to 9 or something? It's uh, <laughs> 60 on five days a week. but Yeah, it, it's it's all over the place. Uh, for the last almost week and a half, it's in the and these are... Uh, some of this is burst in the uh, real estate market uh, in the sales side. Uh, so it's kind of a strike when the iron's hot. But uh, we've we've probably at least doubled in in uh, volume on our real estate side. So that's uh, pushed us from, you know, 730 in the morning till 1130, 12 o'clock at night, uh, seven days a week for quite a bit here. Uh, wow. We will slow down from that. That's not, you know, sustainable. But right now, uh, things are good. So we're chasing it. Yeah. Have you ever used a financial advisor? I have not. What does it mean to be happy or fulfilled as you've been on this journey, as you become a millionaire? Has the money brought you happiness? Has the success, the financial success brought you happiness or confidence? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, coming from uh, times that we were broke, constant weight and worry, you know, is is a draining process uh, to become further comfortable in, in your uh, financial situation. Not only eases that burden, but your ability to help others in need. Uh, you know, that's also uh, a big thing for us as well. It's it's tough to go out and help other people and fix situations when you're broke. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys spend a year? Do you know annual household spending? Probably I not do. that much if you're working all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, we, we don't do. I mean, we, we, we uh, take vacations, things like that. But, you know, it's it's certainly uh, we don't go over the top with anything. So just wrapping up here, David, I mean, it's pretty amazing, right? It, in your 30s, you decided, hey, I want to go into real estate, right? That's what I want to do. Right. Self-storage maybe is where I want to focus. And now you have a net worth over a million dollars shortly thereafter, right? It's happened pretty quickly, as, as Jason mentioned earlier. So just in closing here, what are there mis certain mistakes you made? Obviously, you mentioned maybe not starting earlier enough. Or are there mistakes that you can point to or advice that you can give in closing here? 
yeah, just uh, there, there's just a tremendous amount of free or even almost free material out there. You know, if if real estate is the the journey that you plan on taking, you know, you can read and understand a whole lot of other people's uh, mistakes uh, that you can avoid without making them yourself. The uh, uh, the good books that are out there, you know, uh, Grant Cardone, uh, Kiyosaki, a lot of those folks aren't really uh, get rich quick schemes. They're real paths to uh, success. There, there are probably podcasts and books that have made $500,000 plus changes in my life. Uh, and that was free material or a $24 book. So absolutely, the material is there. Thanks, David. Really appreciate it. I know we were pushing you on some of those questions, especially the earlier deals. No, it's all right. It's, <laughs> it's expecting great. you to remember, man. So I appreciate it. Everybody, that's David. Net worth over a million bucks, mostly in, in self-storage and primarily real estate. So thanks again, David. Really appreciate yep. your time. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled Podcast with Clark Sheffield and Chase Mantinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website at millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.